Welcome to another episode of Under the Arch Podcast. We are so privileged and blessed that Pastor Emmanuel came and spent some time with us. And we really encourage you to listen to his words, take them in. If there's anything you hear that you are encouraged by or you find challenging or any questions you do have, drop them, drop us a DM, let us know how you feel, email us on 87.co at gmail.com if you're listening on audio and if you're watching everything will be at the bottom get involved let us know how you are engaging with this podcast episode i think that's really important to say because i feel like one you can feel hopelessness but also you can almost in in trying to act out in in addressing the the rage and the pain (laughs) that you're feeling you can almost rob yourself of something good to come 100 percent 100%. And so even though we might feel the frustration, the upset and the hurts, I get it. Mm. But then we have to also balance it up by by being wise. Mm. So Jesus says something. He says something to his disciples. He says, he's like the people in the world. He says to his disciples, this is this bit always gets me. Jesus says, he says, the people of the world are more wiser than you. He said that to his disciples. (laughs) that the people of the world are more shrewder than you. They're more wiser than you. Mm. And that's why he says, I send you out to be as gentle as doves, but as wise as serpents. Mm. Yep. Wow. Boss. (laughs) Boss, boss, boss. The world are grasping concepts. Mm. They are either thriving in a bad way or they're thriving to push a negative agenda or thriving to push, you know, some sort of positive agenda. Mm. And we're looking to the church and not to say that the church is, um, the, not to say that the church is, um, everything is wrong, everything is flawed. No, mm. but the church, uh, the world is winning in areas that the church should be. Mm. So this is why we need to wake up. We shouldn't now turn, and especially as black people, let's be wise. Let's not turn this into tribal wars. We should be we should be aware of what's going on yep. mm. and confront it. Right, right, right. But let's not turn this into tribal wars. Right. Let's not turn to the extreme. Mm, let's no. not be the ones that now say we want power, we want X, Y, and Z, so no, that in no. turn you can now oppress no, no, yeah. no. others and, and start a vicious cycle and start the vicious yeah. cycle because that's not what we're meant to do. No. Jesus says, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail." Amen. Mm. But that does not mean that in the process of him doing that, that he will not confront the wrong that's going on within the four walls, quote unquote, right, of the right, church. Right. Okay. And confronting does not mean division as well. Mm. As some Key. people have tried to play off. <laughs> if something needs to be confronted, it needs to be confronted. When your child is being naughty, you don't go, hmm, you know, right. let me think about it. No, you confront the child right. and say, what you've done is naughty. I love you, but what you've done is wrong. Right. Yeah. Mm. Same way with our white brothers and sisters. What maybe some, if it's not them, then the ancestors, if it is them, what you've done is wrong. Mm. What, how your, your microaggressions or your rudeness or this or that mm. is wrong. Mm. I love you, but I need to confront what you've done. That's wrong. Yeah. Same mm. way if I've done wrong, you'll be very quick to come to me, but it should also be, you should also be able to take it. Absolutely. And also do not, uh, okay when a <laughs> the subtle and I say it because I know it's real I'm not saying it because it's imaginary hmm. for some white believers you still have the black people are three-fifths of of, of, of a human being or three-fifths of a, hmm. of a white being In a back, yeah, that they can't speak to you yeah they can't correct you hmm. 
or they can't be on par with you, mm. leadership position in the workplace or whatever, we are not your enemies. Mm. We are not a threat to yeah. you. And that's what needs to be understood. Mm. The fact that I have to say it to you shows how bad this situation is. Mm. Yeah. It sh- for someone, for me to say that my life as a black man matters mm. or the lives of black women matters mm. and you are upset, with, it, it, it shows how bad, it shows how far we've gone from a place, common sense is not coming. You know? No, no. Okay? No. <laughs> but the fact that I have to articulate it, the f- the fact that Sainsbury's have done an advert Listen, yeah. with a black family, I had to bring up. I'm <laughs> glad that you did. <laughs> the fact that Sainsbury's have had a black family in the advert mm. and people are saying I'm not going to Sainsbury's anymore. It's the response for me. Like, is it? it's <laughs> the response for me. Literally, literally, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Clark. There were three adverts there, done with there three different three families. Three spots, three different families. It just so they've ha- only aired two of them, which is part of the problem. Yeah. So even on YouTube, they've, they have, they say one of three. Yeah. Only two are public. Mm. The third one is missing. So they have the black family, which everyone's upset about. Yeah. They have a white family, which is a, it's a great, it's the same concept, but just yeah. showing you different families' yeah. expression of Christmas. Yeah. I believe the third family is meant to be an Asian family. Why it's not been visible yet. Don't know. Maybe they're just hedging their bets. And this, right. is, and this is what I'm trying to say. It's the... Because between that and the whole... Um, I forgot what the situation was where there were all those white guys holding tiki torches and walking around yelling, they, you will not replace us a couple okay. years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where did the sentiment come around that we're trying to like get rid of you lot? That we're trying to do what you lot did in the genesis of your country over there in America mm-hmm. and just wipe you all out? Because I mean, we've literally <laughs> never said that. Whoopsie. <laughs> we've literally... Like, no one's trying to replace you. Like, I yeah. saw, um, I, th- I saw some sort of tweet um, about the same about the same thing. Well, it, clearly, I don't matter. I don't exist. So yeah. I'm going to go to Tesco where I do matter because <laughs> you will not replace me. I'm like, bro, it's food. Yeah. <laughs> but the sad thing is, a few years ago, Argos didn't. Um, they um, released adverts with aliens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were aliens. Right. And nobody complained. Yeah. They could relate to aliens. Yeah. Yeah. They had no problem looking at alien thinking, okay, yeah, I can see my family. Mm-hmm. Giving well, they're not trying to replace us. <laughs> right. But with the Sainsbury's advert, they mm-hmm. were saying, oh, we don't see ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you see, and this is what threw me, you can relate better to an alien family mm-hmm. than you can a black family. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That for me was... But, 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 okay, so the thing for me on that is that, okay, so Sainsbury's one time do an advert about a black family mm-hmm. and you have a problem with it. Yeah. So now imagine, just to, just think about this mm-hmm. they've done a bunch of other adverts in the past i'm assuming mm-hmm. yeah what family did they use mm-hmm. and did you hear a complaint no nope. why is that mm. i'm just asking just question ali you fit someone dunk that just... that's what we have that's yeah. what we have to that's what we have to ask yeah. since the incept sainsbury's is sainsbury's is one of this country's oldest businesses mm. and you've you've had christmas adverts for years on end so now black family, which was one of three, mm. appears, it's now, it's an attack on us. This is not even the first time, this year. Remember Black History Month? 
when they did Black History Month campaign yeah. for Sainsbury's, <laughs> I'm not going to Sainsbury's anymore. Yeah. It's funny because the Sainsbury's, I live in a predominantly white area and nobody had any issues, at least that I saw. Mm. And they had the Black History banners, they had black fa- pictures of black faces and stuff like that. Like they had no issues there. So, mm. but in, in general, it's why is there uproar? We are not coming to take over. There are some, don't get me wrong, there are those on the extreme that do want to take over because they believe that the black man is God, X, Y, Z. Yeah. There's always an extreme to, to every side. Yeah. But the, the general point is, what are you afraid of? Mm. And why is why does that even have to be a thing in the church? Mm. Why are you afraid of black people jumping on leadership? Why are you afraid of giving a in, in a predominantly white church? Why are you afraid of giving a black man or a black woman an opportunity to preach mm. or to mm. speak on the stage? What are you afraid of? They're not coming to ch- take your church. No. They're not coming to undermine your authority. So w- what's the general issue? And I think as if as long as the church continue to dodge that conversation or churches, local churches, fellowships continue to dodge that conversation, then what they're going to see is that they're going to be challenged on the realities of their Christianity and be found wanting. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Amen to that. You're going to be challenged on the realities of your Christianity by unbelievers and unfortunately, you're going to be found wanting. And mm. is that God wanting to disgrace his people? No. But it's because you have held on to your biases over the word of God and over the attitude of Christ. Mm. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ. When you're walking around, is the mentality and attitude that you have towards your brothers and sisters, towards black, white, Asian, Middle Eastern brothers and sisters in the faith, is it the mind of Christ towards them? Is it that there's no difference between us in the spirit? Just like Galatians says, there's neither Greek nor Jew, nor male nor female Mm. in Christ. If you now use use your bias to see me as different or lesser or inferior, mm. you're not seeing with me with the eyes of Christ. No. And exactly. that's on you, not on me. Yeah. <laughs> that's on you. So the accountability needs to be held. Mm. And but also on the on the negative side as well, and we were discussing this earlier, we've seen that this year, especially myself, I've seen that there have been a lot of young black people millennials and gen z that have began to walk away from this whole christianity thing Mm. and there's been and then there's and what i found uh disingenuous to a degree is the fact that there have been believers that have come out to say well in the bible it said that many will walk away from the faith in the last (laughs) days pardon and and once again poor theology because even though there might be a remnant out of those that might be part of the case Mm. the fact is that when they asked you questions that are valid mm. and they were asking you to address it from a biblical way uh, mm. you responded by saying we just need to preach the gospel <laughs> which doesn't add up no I have seen some of the most reputable theologians in the church right now or in church history right now talk about uh, race and that has been their response mm. these are people that we read their books, we study, we even we even grow in some sort of spiritual knowledge mm. by what they've taught us. And they've turned around by, by saying, we tackle the issue of, of racism by preaching the gospel. Now, I can understand the sentiments, but what you're, re- what you're trying to do, for some of them anyway, mm. is you're trying to run around the bush. You're yep. not, you don't want to tackle it mm. because it's an itchy feeling. Yeah. But then when it comes to abortion, you have a voice. When it comes to child sex trafficking, because that's another big topic mm. that the um, 
that doesn't really get that doesn't really get from that doesn't really get no 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 that is that it, it is okay so there are a few there are like three main in my opinion from what i've seen in terms of white evangelical circles that are at the top of their list and i think also for from a conservative way of thinking mm. it's abortion it's sex trafficking child sex trafficking and it's religious freedoms mm. mm-hmm. if any political oh, party LGBTQ. and lgbtq yeah. if you can address at least three out of those four or even two three Three. <laughs> three. If you can address at least three out of those four, mm. you've got our political votes. Mm. But also, if you believe in at least three of those four out of your in terms of your priority list from a Christian perspective, mm. you are more on God's side. Mm. See, it's that it's that second part that's that's mm. techie. Yeah. I was in a group meeting and I have to ask you this. <laughs> and the majority of the group, if you happen to listen to this, I still love you. <laughs> a majority of the group were white people. Right. And they were saying that Trump was God's chosen and everything and everything. <laughs> and I asked a question. Does the Bible not say by their fruits? Right. You'll know them. Mm. There's been tons of mm-hmm. evidence mm-hmm. to suggest that Trump is not godly. Mm-hmm. Uncle himself. Mm-hmm. Said something like, "Oh, the Bible said, um, if if someone slaps you, you slap them right back." <laughs> <laughs> and the interviewer, who wasn't Christian, by the way, said the Bible doesn't say that. Yeah. He goes, "Ah, oh, okay, my bad, my bad." <laughs> examples, <laughs> <laughs> examples like that. Yeah. And so many other things that he has been found, and this is not saying that he's a bad. That's not that's not mm-hmm, what this mm-hmm. is. No, no, no. And the question I asked the group was, if we were basing godliness on people's fruits. Yeah. And this guy has shown you who he is. Yeah. And he has done so without repentance. Yeah. Are you still going to tell me that this is God's choice? And they were all saying yes, that they were. And these were born again. Do you know? (laughs) I won't lie to you. I left that call really hurt because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Yeah. And I've had this question and it's just been... I don't think it's been fully developed in my mind yet, but I feel like I have to ask you because you're right here. What do you say to that person who has been hurt Mm -hmm. by white friends Mm -hmm. who are unwilling to own up to the fact that they are racist? Mm -hmm. Christian white friends. Yeah. What do you say to that person? How do you relate? Because obviously you have to forgive people, Mm -hmm. but... You also have to continue in your relationship because you're involved in something or mm-hmm. you're doing check. Yeah, just yeah. how would you relate to peop- these groups of people who have decided that they won't repent mm-hmm. and they've said what they've said. Mm-hmm. And if you say anything contrary to what they've said, you must be of the devil because clearly you're not at one with God's choice. Mm-hmm. How would you advise that somebody like that move forward? To move forward. So... The first thing and I say yes, is... I'm, I'm, I'm asking for myself because I still... I'm still... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Please, <laughs> if we If we look at the Jesus model in terms of the things that he... His his character... His consistent character and not necessarily the anomalies, we'll see that it's the forgiveness piece. 
Mm. It's kind of like, and then he ends it like on the cross by saying, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do. And for us, it's not that we are not aware of the racism. It's blatant. It's there. But Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. They, mm. they, they don't, they actually don't know what they do. Sorry. They don't know. And if they're willfully being ignorant, it's not you that can change them. Mm-hmm. I think we, I, I think as human beings and also as Christians, sometimes we try and do the job of Holy Spirit. It's not my job to change you. It's my response. It's my uh, responsibility to engage with you, to, to chat and correct the, 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 the wrong or false information. I cannot change you. So my only response can only be forgiveness. Someone will say, how about turn the other cheek? If someone is willfully doing something wrong and you continually put yourself there, that's not wisdom. But I get you're in work. You, you use the example of being in work or in a church context with them so that you can't just like... They don't go to harvest. <laughs> you can't like, you can't just, you know, run away from that. The actual thing to do is, okay, cool. We've engaged in conversations. I, You don't, if they willfully don't want to understand you don't need to engage with them on topics that pertain to race anymore and if they want to talk about race you don't have to engage as well that's Mm. wisdom don't put yourself in a position where they will continually trigger you and Mm. you just fall into it by getting vexed and getting whatever they are going to be ignorant especially because you said that they're willfully doing it so that is on them you have then think about what's your response to them jesus in the garden when the soldiers are coming to take him and Simon Peter still has a bit of a roadman inside of him <laughs> and he draws for his sword and he's like, look, this is not how it goes. Yeah. There's another example where the disciples are like, look, we want to be like Elijah and call down fire. Let's call that. And Jesus is like, no, you're not of that spirit. So for us, we are going to win. We are going to overcome evil with good. Mm. We are literally going to, we have to be that generation that overcome evil with good. And that does not mean that we allow people to walk all over us and trample on us. No, it means that by having conversations like this, Mm. we tackle it. It means that, for example, in spaces that where people are dealing with politicians, you challenge them on stuff. You challenge them on legislation. You challenge your bosses at work. You you talk about diversity like it's a theme word, but a, a buzzword. And then Black History Month, you do one token event and that's it. No, we want to be represented. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. Mm -hmm. So we have a responsibility as well. And that's what it looks like. Not just go get angry because we feed into the narratives. They will say you're you're the angry black woman. Mm. On top Mm. of that, you're a Christian as well. You're the angry black Christian woman. (laughs) Tyler Perry. (laughs) and it doesn't mean that we can't be upset about things we're allowed to but as Ephesians 4 says uh, be angry but sin not, sin not. Mm. so what what does you, what are your feelings and your emotions going to drive you to do because for me I can tell you that this year there have been times or there's been days where I've just been like you know what I can't pray mm. I am I've been angry I've been Vex, I've been disappointed by so many people. But the way I, I've I've been able to find healing this year is by going back to God and saying, God, I need wisdom because mm. I can't keep on 
putting myself in these situations where I'm always going to get triggered and I'm always going to get upset and frustrated. I'm trying to have conversations with people who are not trying to listen. So I've even been in that situation this year. Mm. But I've had to get wisdom from God to know how to tackle it. And that's why I rather have conversations with people mm. like you. People who don't want to just talk about about being upset, but what is the solution? Amen. Mm-hmm. we need healing yeah. so yeah. that means you know what if I'm honest we need to have conversations where we have where we have psychologists and counsellors from the black community mm-hmm. who whether this podcast or what another podcast or interviews or YouTube channels or Insta lives we sit down and we discuss how can we as a black community heal Mm, yep. how can how can I deal with the trauma how can I deal with it that's what we need to start doing we need to start looking at solutionizing mm. because if we're just angry and vexed and we're just looking at you know trying to tear everything down which some people have tried to do this year mm. it's like okay yeah well the church has done this I'm done with church or church is cancelled and it's like mm-hmm. no church is not cancelled because of how some people are misrepresenting Jesus Christ right, right, yeah. right, right, right. church is not no it's not some somehow, some way, there are going to be some people who will lead the conversation on challenging leaders who have done wrong. Mm. I believe I'm one of them. I think I'm Amen. one of them. Amen. Yes, you is. And I've, and, I've, and I've had the opportunity this year, I was saying earlier, I had the opportunity this year to speak to some of the most senior figures. I don't want to say their names. Of course. But I've, I've spoken to some of the most senior uh, figures, whites, in the church community this year. And I have I have been straightforward <laughs> with mm. them. I can tell you that for sure. I'm a passionate, I've I've taught with all respect. And you know what? They've been like, Emmanuel, thank you for being real with us. Mm. Because we spoke to some of our, our black peers, same age, and they were just kind of like they were just Wow. To close this part of the conversation, because yeah. I, I we could we could go for hours. Yeah, we could, like, yeah. We, could. we could we could but for, when I was reading, I think when we, we talked about having this type of a conversation, right. mm-hmm. I stumbled across 1 Corinthians 12, um, from 12 to 23. And it talks mm-hmm. about one body many with many yeah, parts. parts yeah. And I feel like that essentially is the summation of where we need to get to Swan. and then the understand it. Because before you can get to you're neither Jew nor, nor Gentile, mm-hmm. as it says here, it says, you know, the human body has many parts, mm-hmm. but many parts make up one whole body. Yeah. So it is us. The body of Christ. Some yes. of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us slaves, some are free, some are baptized, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We all share the same spirit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like where we need to get to as a church collective, mm-hmm. the global church, not yeah. the individual churches, mm-hmm. is that understanding of before we can be neither Jew nor Gentile, we are individual people that mm-hmm. make up the body. The body. Mm-hmm. How can we get back to this philosophy? I say a philosophy, but reality is just—it's just the truth of what God's yeah, kingdom. Yeah, it's—it's it's something that the scriptures talks about is that the the arm can't say to the leg, "I don't need you." The mm. <laughs> the the eye can't say to the ear, "I don't need you." Mm. And why why was that said? Why was that used? Because without the eyes, I can't see. Mm. But if I need to pick up my bottle, my eye can't do that. It's my hand that can do that. Mm. And so it goes back to a point I was saying before. If you are comfortable with your position in the body, mm. you can respect every other part. Yeah. You can respect every other part, sorry. I can respect that as a hand, yeah, I do. I can do great and amazing things. I can pick up this, I can lift up weights, I can do what, I can, manu- I can play PlayStation, all of that. But 
at the same time, I need my eyes. I need mm. my ears. I need my feet. And that's why I love the fact that we're described as a body mm. because we are not separate. We're one. We're united by the spirit of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Bible describes. So I, I think that the main point is this. And if we truly say we are children of God, then unity, the unity of the faith, unity in the faith like Ephesians 4 talks about should be a priority for us. Mm. It should be a priority because we're a body. Mm. And I find that a lot of people preach about the body, but their actions go against what bodily functions look like. Mm. So we're one body, but you're always digging the church down the road. Because, mm. oh, they've got, you know, smoke machines and, you know, smoke <laughs> machines are you new, whatever. Okay, they use smoke machines, you don't. Why mm. are you dissing them? Mm. It's not necessary. Oh, that church, they, 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 they get all the young people. Well, maybe they're better at dealing young, with young people better than you are. Mm. Accept it. Mm. With those that you have, love them, teach them, care for them, get the best out of them, serve them. And allow the other parts of the body to do their best. Mm. But it comes at the point of we can't do every, every individual body part says, I can't do everything. Mm. So I've got to embrace the fact that someone else can do something else. I love that Paul even uses an instance where the, the church in Corinth, they were fighting amongst what apostle they'll follow. Some are for Paul, some are for Apollos, some are for Christ. Some are saying that they follow the Holy Spirit. Paul is like, look. One waters, one sows the seed, Amen. and another will get the harvest. Amen. Why are you squabbling? Mm. And then you know, there's another passage, I think it's in three, where, um, uh, chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians, where he says, I can't speak to you like mature people, mm. because you're babies. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of groups within the body of Christ, it, it's like that. I can't teach you mature things, or we can't get onto the mature things of God, because we're still behaving like babies. Mm. No, that's my turn. No, that's my turn. No, that's my turn. No, why? No. <laughs> we have to grow. <laughs> Ephesians 4 says that we grow in the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Amen. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom, stature and favor with God and man. That's all of him. Mm. All of Christ grows in wisdom, stature and favor with God and man. But yet, body parts just want to do it by themselves. So you can't be preaching one body when you're when you're behaving the opposite way. Mm. But it starts with saying, okay, I am an I'm just the I'm just the big toe. Mm. That's what God put me there for. I'm happy with that. I'm comfortable with it. I'm embracing myself, but I'm embracing the fact that there's a toe next to me. Mm. And the toe next to me is not the same size. It's not the same height. It doesn't look like me, mm. but I need it. Amen. That's what the body of Christ ought to look like. Amen. We're different. Uh, you guys, you might have a great worship team. The other guys, they might have a great tech team. The other guy, they might have a very good preacher. The other team, they might have a very kids, uh, good kids ministry. Like every, no church, okay, is perfect. Mm. No church. That's why we need all of us, mm. okay? So when people go, oh, this church did X, Y, and Z. Look, no church is perfect. You are not, on the, on this side of eternity, you will not find a perfect church, but you will find the church that Jesus Christ died for. Amen. Just find yourself Hallelujah. in a place that loves Jesus Christ, that are serving him and that are walking in the truth. Simple as. Simple. But as long as you Amen. accept and embrace that, this is the church that we're at. We're trying to be as, as Christ, by the leading of the spirit, we are being as Christ-like as we can be, but we can't do it all. Mm. If someone decides to say, oh, I'm leaving, I'm going to the church down the road. God bless you. We're mm. still one body. Amen. Go, grow, Amen. prosper, multiply. Mm. 
Amen. I have no animosity against you. Mm. Let's just do things in an orderly way. Let's not, you know, tear down and say, oh, you're evil. And fight before you leave church. No, if you're going to the church down the road, that's fine. I send you off. God be with you. Mm. We are one body. Mm -hmm. That's the mentality that we ought to adopt. And it's not going to come in a day, Mm. but it's going to come as we remind ourselves that we are being led by the spirit. And what we're being led by the spirit to do is to become more bonded in that spirit of unity. Mm. That's what the Bible talks about. So as we're growing in maturity, you will realize that it's actually our differences that make us who we are. That's like I said, in the book of Acts, why is it that the Holy Spirit of God first comes and causes the people to speak in diverse tongues? In the inception of what we know as church, that's Mm. where church began. And the first thing that is it's it's summed up by is the fact that people were speaking in diverse tongues mm. and people could recognize it, but they were all on one roof. And the Bible says in Acts, they were of one mind, one spirit, one thoughts, mm. but they all expressed it in different languages wow. through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. They, were they fighting and saying, oh, you're speaking Europe, you're speaking, you're, you're speaking this, you're speaking Patois, you're speaking this, you're speaking Urdu. No, they weren't. Mm. It was, it was like, God has empowered us to do this and we're going to use it. That's what he gave us. Mm. And one, the one person who speaks this language is not better than the other. It's not. We mm. all need each other. Mm. And any, any church, any denomination, any stream that feels like they're better than the other one has missed it. Absolutely. Mm. Hallelujah. The leg is not better than the arm. The arm is not better than the eyes. The eyes is not better than the ears. We all need each other. Mm. That's a Christ-like mentality. Mm. Jesus shows that with his disciples. Mm. It's like, look, I can't be the only one preaching. Go out two by two. Mm. Ooh. Go. go out two by two. Mm. So that's what it looks like. Like you, We are an extension of God. We are the arms and legs on the earth right now. As he is, so are we in this world. Mm. So we're just an extension of the kingdom of God on the earth. Mm. So when we're praying, guys, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Do we just think that it's going to be a magic wind of dust and kingdom, whatever? Mm. The king, Jesus says, the kingdom is within you. Mm-hmm. That means there's, that means that God is going to give you the wisdom to be a representation of the kingdom that you are praying for, that you subtly feel like it's just going to come mysteriously. No, mm. it's going to come that God is going to use you. Mm. Hey. So wow, when we wow. when we downplay our brothers and sisters who are made in the image of God, who have the spirit of God on the inside of them, who also have the kingdom of God on the inside of them, when we when we diminish what God is doing through their lives, we're diminishing the fact that, or we're actually saying that, no, the, the kingdom is elitist. Hey! Hey! The kingdom is elitist. And you will find that when we go to heaven, you will see some of the people that had no money, that had no class, that had no nothing, but made waves of impact for the kingdom of God. You will see them wearing a crown in heaven. Jesus. A massive crown. Some even bigger than some of us. And we had technology. We had social media. We had this. I said said this to my members last week when I was preaching on Sunday. I said, and this is probably where I'll end my answer. Imagine getting to heaven and you see Apostle Paul. And he's talking. He was like, yeah, man. You know, I I mean, I wrote a few epistles. You know, I oversee the few churches. You know, yeah, I mean, what did you do? You had, you know, you had a free bed house. You had a range. (laughs) You know, we didn't have that in our time. You had, you had mobile phones. Private jet. You had internet church. You had private jet. (laughs) You you know, you you had Instagram cloud. You had all what what did you do? I mean, we had church on Sunday. Is that it? (laughs) 
Imagine. And that's kind of where the comfortable Christianity that we're seeing in the Western world, that's what it's kind of leading us to. Mm-hmm. It would be embarrassing to see the patriarchs and matriarchs of the faith when we get to heaven. And the best that we have to say is that, you know, we're busy squabbling about racism. Wow. The world is dying. <laughs> the world is hungry to encounter Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And the best that we have right now is, yeah, well, I'm Biden over Trump. I'm, you know, this one over that one. I'm, you know, I speak in tongues versus I don't speak in tongues. That's the, mm. that's, that's the best that our Christianity is, is showing the culture right now. Mm. So that's why people are, are not trying to turn to the church. I'll, actually, I'll end on this. This, this. this one might cut, but it has to cut. The government basically more or less suggested that the church is non-essential twice. They yeah. did it in the first lockdown, mm. the second lockdown. Yep. So yeah. if the government have has suggested basically in two lockdowns that the church is more or less non-essential, I think that gives you an indication as to where or the, it sheds light to the importance of the church and the culture. That's all I have to say. Amen to that. <laughs> oh, that shows that. You, that that will show you if the church was an important element of the culture, Boris Johnson wouldn't have it alluded or tried to or described that the church is a non-essential mm. aspect of society. That's all I have to say. He wouldn't dare because if you think about the Roman Catholic Church when they were, mm. they... if the church was important, he wouldn't try and say that I'm limiting you to X, Y, Z. Wow. There's institutions that is kept open. There's organizations that is kept open. Yep. If the church were really meeting the needs of the people, mm. we wouldn't be deemed as non-essential. Wow. And let's not use the whole, oh, well, they're going to persecute us. No, 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 no. If unbelievers know you have an answer for a problem they have, they will call you. 100%. Go and read the book of Daniel. Go and read the book of Daniel. <laughs> Go and read the book of Daniel. <laughs> Go and read the book of <laughs> Go and read the book of Daniel. Go and read it. No, y'all are um, laughing, but wow. I'm hearing him. I am hearing. I'm listening. I'm hearing listening. Too. I'm making notes after this. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, Darius, Xerxes, all the kings in the book of Daniel, they were pagan kings. Mm. They had magicians, soothsayers, astronomers, astrologers, psychics, tarot readers card readers, all on their board of consultants who answer the questions. Daniel, Daniel. the free Hebrews. Even Joseph. (laughs) Even Joseph. Mm. Ah, Jesus, my life cannot be for nothing, please. A whole economic breakdown. And God gives Joseph the wisdom to solve it. If the church really was as effective as we preach it is, Mm. then the world would be actually seeing it. Mm. And that's why, personally, as much as we preach it, I don't think we're walking in the fullness of the reality of, of this kingdom that we claim to believe. Wow. And I'm not saying this Bars, yeah. to dig at people. I'm saying this because it, it challenges me myself. To yeah. Say, mm. What have I been comfortable in, in terms of Christianity, that has allowed me to become passive? Wow. Am I just comfortable enough, especially with lockdown, just preaching to people on a Sunday? Mm. What about the people that have committed suicide during this lockdown? What about mm. the what about the the couples because the divorce stats have gone up through the roof they have, yeah. during this lockdown? Who are who are the people that I'm reaching out to, ministering to, mm. that are not maybe even my close circle that mm. need to hear what I've got to say? Mm. And am I going out of my way to solve the issues within the society? 
that is I'm challenging I'm not just preaching to people I'm challenging myself these are mm. things that I sit down and wrestle with God on mm. there's things that I've had to unlearn this year and there's things I've had to relearn so I have the right mindset towards mm. so that that's literally that's 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 it I'm, I'm a I think a lot so that's why I have I just go from one place to the other place to the other place but I hope that that answers your question no oh, it, wow. it, honestly it does and I feel like I said before I've we could go for hours. Yeah, we could. <laughs> but um, but I'm, I'm conscious of time. Yeah. I want to say um, thank you so much for just what one one for being here. Absolutely. And like I said, this has been something that like, I guess collectively, individually, it's been six months where things have happened and it's, this is the right time mm-hmm. to talk about these things. And I feel like this is the right manner to address these things. Mm-hmm. And for me, this is the start of an ongoing conversation. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm looking forward to seeing how things progress. Yeah, how we as Christians, as body, as the body, can be more like a body and mm-hmm. be more active and mm-hmm. not passive behind mm-hmm. surface cameras, TV screens, whatever. Mm-hmm. But above all, how we can actually be the light right. that we call us how can we can live up to our name mm-hmm. marcus rashford is not just a footballer mm-hmm. he is now known as the people's champion yeah and he is he is running with it mm-hmm. so how can we as christians be live up to the title as follower of christ yeah that's the challenge yeah it is and christian should not be for me i'm someone who who likes to be challenged but also challenges people mm. but as a christian do not be comfortable especially as a christian in the western world do not be comfortable with the Christianity you have. Mm. Please do not. Do not think that you have the best of Christianity because mm. you actually don't. I, I, I would even argue that the church in the persecuted world is knows and understands the Christ that we preach more than we do. Mm. And the reality is, maybe you don't know, but there are, there are churches in China, in Libya, in Syria, mm. in, in some of the most persecuted parts of the world that do not have a copy of the Bible. Some of them just have one page, the Bible. Wow. And that's wow. all they've had for their whole Christian life. Mm. But yet the Christ that they know is more realer than many in the Western world, than, than the relationship that many Christians in the Western world have. Mm. They only have one page. Wow. You have the Bible in your hand. You have the Bible in your phone. Mm. You can go on your laptop and go on and, and get the Bible up. They don't have none of that. Mm. But yet they're making sure that even though in a persecuted space, this Christianity thing is real. Mm. You think they're busy squabbling about race? Absolutely not. You think they're busy squabbling about whose church is bigger? Mm. No. Some of them are, are being beheaded on beaches and videoed live and sent. And we're kind of like, yeah, we're comfortable. We had a great worship service. We had a great worship conference. 2020 has been, it smashed all the tables. Because mm. what do you have when you don't have your worship experience? What do you have when you can't go to the studio and you make your great gospel album? What do you have when you can't go to church on Sunday? What do you have, you know, when you can't go to Bible fellowship on a Wednesday or Thursday or whenever you have it? Mm. What do you have? Do you have a relationship with this Jesus that you're always hearing about in the week? Mm. And a lot of people have actually realized that the faith was was very rocky Mm. because they overcompensated by going to church and doing Christian things but not walking in the reality of this thing. So it's, it's that performative Christianity. Mm. And, I, and, and the honest truth, it sounds harsh, but it, it, performative Christianity needs to die. Agreed. And yeah. it needs to die soon. 
Amen. If we want to see the reality of what we're talking about. And I just want to encourage you guys. I feel like you guys have a perfect space and a perfect hub to continue to have the conversations. And don't be frightened to have the conversations. Mm. Absolutely. Don't be frightened to have the conversations because it's something that Christians have run away from. Mm. Don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. Mm. And even if you don't get it right the first time, it's your willingness to be able to tackle the hard topics. Mm. It's your willingness to be able to say, you know what? Th- where I'm seeing this at work. People are asking me, you know, and I don't really have an answer or mm. I don't, you know, but I want to discuss it with, you know, that that's what this is all about. Mm. And you guys, you have a space. There's, there's some, many people don't have a space. Many people can't afford studios, but they want to do the podcast. Mm. So you guys are really, you guys have that privilege mm. and you guys can now serve the world. You can serve the world. My, like my friend says, the world is our new platform. The pulpit isn't anymore. Mm. The world is our new platform. Amen. And we, do, we don't have to now wait for someone to mount a podium with a microphone. No, the world is your platform now. Mm. And it's places like, this is, this is our microphone. Mm. where we have candid conversations. And look, don't be afraid of getting, let's not be afraid of getting it wrong. We have mm. Holy Spirit. He will correct us. Mm. The Bible says he will guide us in all truth. So that's fine. We will, get the, we will get to the truth in one way, shape or form. But we can't run away from the conversation just, to, just so that we can, because we're scared of the truth. Mm. Let's not be scared of the truth. The Bible says the truth will set us free. So let's have these conversations. Mm. Let's talk about LGBT. Let's talk about the abortion. Let's talk about all of these things. Mm. There's not, like, let's talk about it. Because the world isn't shying away from it. And the world is now coming to the church and going, what's your answer about this? Mm-hmm. Mm. I have an interesting or controversial view about um, the LGBT community in this. I think that, you know, in the Bible, it says the world, um, the earth is groaning. Um, it's eagerly waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Mm. I personally believe that the the LGBT movement is a sign of that scripture. I think that sometimes we we like to create a picture in our mind that says that scripture means things will happen in a cute, nice way. Mm. The world is groaning. That means people are going to come to church and they're going to uh, they're going to be like, God, we want to hear your voice or we want to enjoy the worship service. Mm. No, I, I, why, why do I think the LGBT community? Because, because what they're essentially talking about, what they're essentially trying to articulate is that when we needed to be loved, we didn't receive it in the right places. Mm. And now we've turned elsewhere to receive this love. Mm. And although they might be trying to pushing it down our, push it down our throat, what's the church's response? LGBT is a sin. But we're not tackling the right, we're not tackling the right issue. Mm. Is there an issue against us? Or is there an issue that there's something that was missed out on? Mm. Something that they're longing and yearning for? Something that we have. Mm. And we're continuing to bash them. We say, 1 John says, God is love. Mm. And love comes from God. And yet the thing, very thing that they're craving and seeking after looking for love and affirmation is the same thing that the church has consistently been willing to starve them of. They don't want to come to church because the love that we've been preaching about, we won't show it to them. Once again, like I said, we've tried to, we've proven what we've proven from an earthly perspective that the kingdom of God is elitist. 
Mm. It's only for clean, nice people. Mm-hmm. Wow. But yet, going back to my point, Jesus consistently associated himself with those that epitomized what he came to save. Mm. The lost, the hurt, the broken, the wounded. We quote Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord, of, uh, Lord God is upon me to, to preach the gospel, to mend the broken hearts. Mm. These guys are broken hearted. That's part of our ministry, to mend broken hearts. Mm. But what are we doing? We're severing it more. We're breaking, Father Jesus. We're smashing it. And then we, we continuously preach Isaiah. That, yeah, to mend the broken heart, to preach freedom to those who are captive, physically and spiritually. Mm. What, so why have, why, have we, why have we left prisons? If you study church history in this country, some of the greatest um, Christian reformers in this country mm. had massive prison, prison ministries, had massive ministries for alcoholics, had massive ministries for prostitutes, had massive ministries to the poor. Mm. These are the four places that the church in the Western world, in, in this country specifically, they're the places that you'll find the church least. Wow. When I'm looking to Oxfam, Red Cross, this, that. What's the church? What's the church doing? Mm. the church set up these things they actually started these things the church started these things the church started the premier league did you know that the church started the premier league it was vicars that got drug dealers gang members uh violent men gathered them after church on sunday and said let's play football against different areas against um vicarages from different areas Mm. and then we'll start the league that's how the premier league started quaker oats Loads of people eat porridge. The Quakers mm. are a massive Christian movement. They still exist up today. You can Google them. Quakers are some of the biggest charitable givers yeah, yeah. in this country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They give yeah. a lot to charitable causes. Yeah. So when we look at what the church, we look at Salvation Army, mm. one of the biggest mm-hmm. Christian movements on the planet, even has a seat on the UN. Yeah. The founders in this country, the Booths, Caroline and William Booth, their ministry, they went to ends. They went into pubs and they turned they turned Christian um, they turned uh, pub songs into mm. Christian. They would go into pubs and the song the melodies that they would use they would just sing Christian songs as a remix. Wow. And then what would happen is that the drunk people, the people that were taking shots of drugs or whatever, they would follow them out. The, even the, re- I don't know if you know this, but um, um, Salvation Army officers used to have helmets. Mm. You know why? Because there will be times where they will go into maybe ends where people would throw bottles at them and stuff like that. That's why they wear it. So that was a sign of their bravery, not just a fancy old way in the army of the Lord. No, they went into dangerous areas. <laughs> they went into dangerous territories mm. for the sake of the kingdom. We look at John and Charles Wesley. They went to the coal mines to preach the gospel to hundreds of thousands of people in one go. Mm. And and history records show that that because of all the soot and stuff like that, it says that like the fields will be full of black faces with like lines across their face because of the tears, because mm. of the message that this gospel can come to, to, to someone like me. Mm. So why are, we, why, why are we afraid to do stuff like this? Mm. Why are we afraid to, to be bold and radical for the message that we believe? This is not a time to be cute. This, there's no death to cute Christianity. I'm not trying to be cute for anybody. Mm. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to, I, I don't care if someone doesn't invite me to preach on their pulpit anymore because they feel like I'm very 
I voice my opinion and I'm very passionate. That's mm. how God made me. Mm. And oh, yes, I do it with wisdom. Brother, but at the same time, I'm going to do it until Ooh. I see my generation set free. Oh. That's why I'm doing this. That's why I wanted to come on here. Amen. Because this is what I'm all about. I'm, I, don't, I, I could go on a podcast and we can be talking about Theology 101. That doesn't interest me. Mm. If people don't see Jesus Christ, Yes, I love theology. That's great and amazing. But it doesn't mean anything if no one comes to the knowledge of Christ. If people don't see Christ in me, what, doesn't matter. I can give you Greek, Hebrew, uh, English, Latin. What does it mean? Mm. Do you understand? But I feel like when people watch this, they're going to be like, Rah. okay, I'll just... Sorry, this question oh, has man. been poking me since we had the conversation. We were talking earlier mm. about black people who yeah. give permission yeah. to white people to disregard the need for this conversation. Yeah. Um, we like to call them Uncle Tom's, but right. then if you actually read the book, <laughs> Uncle Tom was a God did, but let's leave that alone. <laughs> what would you say to the black people who are not helping things? Yeah, by constantly not kissing. Okay, not brown nosing. <laughs> Good save. Good save. <laughs> <laughs> what would you? Because obviously, it's a reality where we're in. There's a conversation that has to be had, but then you have a few black people shouting that there's no problem. Yeah. What would you say to those people within the church and to the people who actually listen to them? Mm-hmm. When the majority are saying that there's a problem, yeah. but they're choosing to listen to people who are saying that there's not a problem. Mm-hmm. What would you say to both parties? And how does this stop, mm-hmm. basically? Because if this continues, clearly it's going to be a he, he said, she said, and then no actual progress is going to be made because... We're always taking one step back mm-hmm. with every step taken forward. Yeah. It's interesting. In the Old Testament, God says something to the degree of, woe unto men of God, woe unto prophets that say God said as God has said this when he hasn't said it. Right. So when uh when a man or woman of God says something that is not on God's mind, so when you're saying there's peace, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's when they say something, God has said, something and when he hasn't or when it says one to them that say peace when there is no peace when god is not saying peace Mm -hmm. and i think it's very wrong for you to be trying to say peace when there's no peace when god is trying to confront something don't try and say there's peace there that is wrong don't do it and also you might think that you're pushing for unity but what you might be doing is pushing a wedge in the name of trying to promote unity so for those who are saying, you know, I've spoken to them, you know, I'm saying as a black man or a black woman, you know, don't worry about them, you know, or, you know, it, they're just trying to divide us as well. You know, you're doing the right thing. Keep on going. God bless you. Don't do that if God hasn't sent you to do that. Because there have been black leaders who are very cool with white leaders that have been honest and open with their friends. Right. Like T.D. Jakes right. this year. He's been yeah. open with a he lot of his white preacher is, friends. Yeah. And he's been real yeah, with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and he yeah. said, look, you guys have been complicit in a lot of things. Yeah. You guys have encouraged a lot of things. and he, But he called them out in an honorable way, not yeah. dragging them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so maybe. we have to understand the balance. We are not trying to drag our brothers and sisters, no, no, which no. some people have. I've wanted to, and that this is just me being honest. I've wanted to, mm. but I've been reprimanded by Holy Spirit. Is it Christ-like? No, it's not. Then you can't do it. Uh. So, but then on the other side, like I said before, it's not time to drag people. 
Mm. It's not time to drag brothers and sisters. And this is not war. This is not civil war. It's God trying to expose. If God ever exposes something, it's to redeem, not to embarrass. Mm. The heart of God is to redeem. Mm. So even if a man of God or a woman of God has done something wrong, even if it is exposed, it's to redeem that person. Mm. Because you've still got time. The Bible says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Yes, you can get it wrong. But what has been, what has been done in darkness will come to light. Mm. But it's time to change. There's time to repent. So even in our uproar and our frustration, let's not get to the point where we're trying to cancel people. Mm-hmm. You can stop listening to them. That's fine. But don't you don't can like don't cancel them. Mm. You can't cancel somebody that, someone that God has called. Mm. At the same time, we can't Amen. even cancel unbelievers because those are the people Amen. that God has loved. Yep. Mm. Amen. Do you understand? So we as believers have no right to cancel anybody. Amen. Mm. Whether we like them or not. I know this is this is another episode in itself. Like cancel who who do we cancel? Because there's some people that have done the wildest things. Mm. We know it. Pedophiles, rapists, murderers. We know. Oh, yeah. Beat them though. But they are still under the grace of God. <laughs> that's a hard pill to swallow. Mm. Even for someone Ooh. like me. Mm. It's a very, and I'm being honest, it's a hard pill to swallow, mm. but the grace of God is still available to them. Mm. Okay? Mm. They're not written off. So, for us, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying this, and it is a hard pill to swallow. So, I'm not even saying this like comfortable, like, yeah, just, yeah, like, it is, yes, it will feel hard to forgive, but what's the instruction Christ gave us? Forgive. Mm. What we can, we can move with our emotions, but our emotions have no authority over the word of God. Mm. Okay? That's uh, that's why it says we have to take every thought captive. and bring in captive and Ooh, bring it subject it. to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So however you're feeling, we can't let it, you can't let it drag you to a point where it's taking you away and then you just want to swing swords, fight everybody, whatever. <laughs> but I do but then going back to the other side, I do want to say this. It is very scriptural, it's very consistent where we see believers call other believers out like i said jesus consistent he, the, he's, it says that he didn't come to violate the law mm. came to fulfill it but he was consistently challenging the pharisees the sadducees the scribes consistently doesn't mean that he was dishonoring the law he, but he consistently did it mm. we even see when we see a bout of racism simon peter and paul when simon peter was he was behaving one way with the jews and one with the, way with the Gentiles. Mm. What did Paul the Apostle do? Because it seems like some pastors like to skip over this bit of the scripture. Mm. When Simon Peter was behaving partial, in essence, that was racism. Mm. Because it was Jew and a, anyone that's not Jew is a Gentile. Mm. Yeah. So you were practicing racism. And Paul the Apostle, even though he was a newer apostle compared to the others, mm. he still, he called out a senior apostle. Called it, and he walked with Jesus. Paul did it. So he he Ooh. did he did call it he did call, there was racism that we saw in the Bible Whoa. and Paul the apostle did call it out mm. and it wasn't to drag Simon Peter or to say Simon Peter's counts cancelled no Simon Peter was one that Jesus loved mm. but oh. Paul is Paul had to say look you're practicing partiality the Christ that you sat next to the Christ that you drank water with mm. the Christ that you did communion with. The Christ that you slept in the same room as is the same Christ that preached against what you're practicing. Mm-hmm. 
So what he was doing was holding them accountable. That's what you need to do. Hold them accountable, not try and drag them. So don't try and say it's peace when it's not peace. Hold them accountable. No, you know what, bro? You know what, sis? You're practicing partiality. And I heard it in your sermon last week. And I just want to say, you know, I love you, but what you said was wrong. You don't use the Bible to try and justify that. And that is how to do it in an honorable way. Amen. Do you understand? So that's tackling it from both ends of the spectrum. And I, and, and I just feel like I need to speak to someone who may feel like they're on the verge of leaving church. Amen. Do not leave Amen. because of what you're seeing right now. We're seeing tremors. We're seeing shakings. But do not leave. Amen. Stay rooted and steadfast in down, the captain of your soul. Amen. Stay rooted in Christ. Amen. Because they're going, the, the church is 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 definitely going to see better days. Mm. Amen. Even if it sees heavy persecution, we will see glory days in the mm. church. Amen. But you have to remember that, yes, even even though it's been used as a high level argument, the enemy does want to distract. Mm. He does yeah. want to. Mm. So if he can get you captivated by missing out the glory of of what the the messages, the Christian messages, mm. and just get you to focus on one sin. It's kind of like what the Pharisees were doing. Like they preach everything, but they will just focus on the people who were fornicating. Mm. It's like, that's no, that's not how it works. They just nitpick. Let's not nitpick, okay? Mm. Even though racism is a real thing, trauma is a real thing, mm-hmm. pain is a real thing, mm-hmm. mental health is a real thing. Mm. We're not dodging that. But what mm. we're saying is that Jesus still has a grand scheme for his church yeah. and you are part of his body. Mm. So you have to align with it. Mm. And in the process, get healing. Hey. I've been saying it to people this year. If you need, if you need a therapist, get a therapist. If you need counselling, get a, get get, get counselling. Mm. Like, get baby. what needs to be done. If you need that healing, yep, yep, if yep. you know that you're bitter and you're wounded and you're mm. you're just trying to wing it as being a Christian, mm. winging it will just cause you to shipwreck your faith. I can mm. guarantee you that. And yourself, baby. And yourself. Mm. Mm-hmm. So don't fall into that trap. Don't That's where it. the enemy wants you. Mm. Run back to Jesus. Run. Because he's the one, he's the one that doesn't take any bias. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not biased. He's right, not right, right. pro black, white, black only. He's not pro white only. He's not conservative or Republican or Labour or Lib Dem. Mm-hmm. He's Jesus, and he has his kingdom. And the Bible says it's his kingdom that will come, and it's his will that will be done. Mm-hmm. Not a political party. Mm-hmm. Not a poli- particular preacher. Amen. Not one ethnicity's agenda, Amen. but the kingdom's agenda. Come on. So mm. that's what we ought to be aligned with and Preach. focused on. And in the process, God will raise people to tackle the Amen. other issues. Mm. If you're one of them, God will give you the wisdom. He will give you the opportunities. He will open the doors like he's done for me. Mm. Uh, but if it's not racism, it might be prostitution. It might be mm. poverty. It might be homelessness. Just, just flow with that. And come on with yeah, that, come so I, on. I hope that answers your question. Though. It does. Thank you. I'm sitting here repenting and giving thanks. I feel like I'm going to look back at, at this episode and just going to enjoy it. I'm going to be like, wow. Really <laughs> I'm excited. It's going to be too because it's been... <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what you too. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, like I said before, I've just, I think, like, you know, this has just been such an opportunity to, to learn, to talk about things in a manner that we don't often get the opportunity to mm-hmm. partly because of, I guess there is that kind of fear mm-hmm. of how it will be yeah. taken. We'll but then that. also, it's also kind of like how, mm-hmm. and I think what I love is that you've given us a perspective, a framework yes. to, to move, to heal, yes. to 
approach it in love, mm-hmm. yes. to challenge in the right way, mm-hmm. yes. and most importantly of all, to grow and live in the manner in which Christ did mm-hmm. and has called us to. Yeah. 100%. So from my heart, I want to say thank you so thank much, you. Pastor Emmanuel, thank for you. being here. Thank you for having me. I want to say thank you to everyone that has listened. And I also want to encourage everyone that's listening as well. Like, you know, we want to hear from you. Let us know how this podcast episode, um, you know, is... Part one and two. Like, (laughs) maybe three. How how it's... um, How you you found it. Because I know some parts of it will be challenging, Mm -hmm. but challenging is good. Yeah. And don't shy away from the... uh, Like, earlier today we had our youth conference and I, I preached about the importance of your heart. Mm. and why it's important to kind of look at your heart and assess your heart because that's what God values above all. He doesn't mm-hmm. care about how you look, he mm-hmm. care about how you dress, what we own, it's your heart, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And I feel like this is, sometimes you might hear things, you might be like, why is that? Why do you feel like you want to twist up your body and, and twist up your face like a cat when you're hearing something that, that challenges you? So I just want to encourage you that's listening, just let us know what you loved, mm-hmm what you found difficult Mm -hmm. so that we can engage in this conversation, this process.